Big We try to remember things that they want us to forget. Like Margaret. Alice. No. Jack. It's okay. I'm curious to hear where she's going with this. Frank is doing something to us. Delusions, memory problems, hysteria. We saw these issues with Margaret and know that it's uh, completely curable. Dr. Collins prescribed you a suite of medications which you were clearly not taking. The question is why? He's lying to us. He's lying to all of us. Alice. Bunny, your best friend, is worried about you. She thinks that you need help. Is that why she's not here tonight? Because you didn't want to be reminded He's using of you. He's using all of us. Do you even know what the Victory Project actually is? Have you ever asked? Do you? Is that why you went out there? To headquarters? Hey everybody, I'm Joel Murphy. And I'm Andy McIntyre. And this is Silver Linings Playback, the podcast where we watch maligned movies and we find their silver linings. And we are taking the month of January to look back at some of the most maligned movies of 2022. And uh, while this may not have the worst reviews of 2022, uh, it definitely made a lot of headlines and people didn't like it. But don't worry, darling, we're going to talk about it anyway. <laughs> and with us to help is the wonderful Molly Regan. Hello, Molly. Hello. I'm here on... The internet with two men. <laughs> this feels very appropriate to uh, be on this program to talk about this movie. What do you think this movie's about? Let her finish, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead, Molly. Seriously, God, tell you're, us. You're such a God, you're such a good guy. Thanks, no, thanks. Joel. That's really great to weigh in on that. Um, <laughs> so, Joel. <laughs> Yeah, let's okay. talk about this. <laughs> no, wait, I have thoughts. Maybe. Okay. We gave you a suite of medicine to, to stop those. <laughs> Which is, by the way, the way I recommend watching this film with a suite of medication. Just some sweet, sweet meds. <laughs> yeah, get some sweet meds. A and suite then... of sweet meds. <laughs> Watch it in your ensuite and... <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, you hinted at it. I guess that's as good a place as any to start, though, too, is, I mean, the movie itself did not get good reviews or at least had very mixed reviews. But this movie became infamous for a lot of off screen reasons. Yeah. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, maybe we can do a quick recap because so. Uh, first of all, there was Shia LaBeouf was originally cast to play the part that Harry Styles plays. For some reason, in an interview, Olivia Wilde, uh, star director, does she have a writing credit on this? Not sure. I don't, I don't think, think she has so. a writing credit. Yeah. But uh, she said it in an interview that she let him go from the project because of his personal conflict you know the the sort of real life Shia LaBeouf things that have happened and that that made her uncomfortable and so she was letting him go from the film and then Shia LaBeouf 
came back with receipts to be like, I quit this movie. <laughs> and not only that, you contacted me asking me not to quit. And if you you want to refute this, well, I have this super weird video. Shy, shy, shy. You sent me <laughs> asking me to come back and throwing star Florence Pugh under the bus in order to uh, get me to stay on the production. Super weird, super dramatic, really overshadowed this movie, which in and of itself is super weird. <laughs> Could have just gotten its own bizarre uh, reputation. I mean, honestly, I would watch a movie about the making of this movie. <laughs> no. Oh, just a Hearts of Darkness of the production of Don't Worry Darling? 100%. Yeah. Uh, Don't Worry Shia is the working title. <laughs> well, and then, of course, this is the movie where Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles at some point, whatever timeline you choose to believe, frankly, I don't care enough, but she was at some point with Jason Sudeikis, then at some point she and Harry Styles got together. So tons yeah. of drama. It was definitely whatever timeline you would like to choose to believe. This movie seems to be how they ended up together. And she was married to Jason Sudeikis. When no, she's... well, she was engaged. Or, well, sorry, I always say married, but yeah, she was with Jason Sudeikis. They and they engaged. did have two kids together. And they had two kids together when she started making this. And at some point, uh, she was with Harry Styles and not with well, Jason and Sudeikis. The, like, the, like, she was served uh, processed by people representing Jason Sudeikis during a presser for this movie. Yeah, yes. CinemaCon. Yeah, yeah. CinemaCon. So there was, yeah, there was that, and then there was, was it Venice, where there was a whole weird subplot about uh, spitting? <laughs> like, oh, I think it was Harry Styles spit in Chris Pine's hand. That was, that was just, like, hot. least of all of the drama. Well, right, and in fairness, I think we all know this because we're all big Chris Pine fans. That's his kink. So that one's not actually weird. Well, as the best Chris, <laughs> that's just how that's, he goes about his days. He's like, do you need to spit? Just spit, spit in my hand. Just, you gotta spit. Spit yeah. here. In fact, why don't you just try it? Just, just go for it. Just, just have a little spit. Just have yeah. a little spit. Then, to bring it all together... Florence Pugh, um, who we'll call Miss Flo, because uh, Olivia Wilde did in the uh, Shia LaBeouf video, uh, just kind of dropped any uh, active promotion for the movie. Yeah, it was pointed out that she is normally a very like uh, active promoter of her films. She usually does a lot of press. And she did not for this movie. And I think it was blamed on commitments to other movies that she uh, was making. But that was for sure. Yeah, it was excused by commitments to Dune 2, among other things. But was almost certainly due to fallout between the shouting match that she and Olivia Wilde had on set. She was notably silent. Um, you're, uh, and the things she did say were incredibly professional because Florence Pugh is incredibly professional, but said quite a lot. Um, there was, I believe it was Vanity Fair um, where 
she had made comments about the very infamous scene in the movie where uh, Harry Styles, uh, his character, goes down on Florence Pugh's character that Olivia Wilde had gone off about, about how this movie is all about women's pleasure. And uh, I believe the quote uh, she had said was like, only women come in this movie. Like she was, this is the thing she's promoting. Okay. That, uh, right. That Florence Pugh. Which weird movie to make that point. Yeah, we'll get into that. (laughs) But she was very much on the like, this is about, you know, women's sexuality. Woohoo. And uh, Florence Pugh had just kind of been like, you know, I'm kind of sick of talking about this because it overshadows everything else the movie's about. Yeah. So I'm not going to answer questions about this. The movie with the most gaslighting since the movie Gaslight. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Andy, that movie doesn't exist. Don't worry, darling, it doesn't. Then what the hell are we talking about? Gaslight's a made-up movie. That's I. I have to. You keep bringing up this movie, and I just want you to know you're wrong and you're crazy and it's not real. What's happening? (laughs) If only there was a movie I could watch to understand. Only there's a movie that could be a perfect metaphor for this situation right now. (laughs) Oh, it's called Don't Worry, Darling. Oh, great, great, great. Then we're back on. By the way. By the way, before we get into the actual movie, just to end this segment, I think I have found the video because if anyone hasn't seen it, I mean, treat yourself. But uh, this was the video that Shia LaBeouf released. Shia, Shia. I just went riding my horse, very sweaty, but I wanted to reach out because I feel like I'm not ready to give up on this yet. And I too am heartbroken and I want to figure this out. And you know, I think this might be a bit of a wake-up call for Miss Flo, and I want to know if you're open to giving this a shot with me, with us. If she really commits, if she really puts her, her mind and heart into it at this point, and if you guys can make peace, and I respect your point of view, I respect hers, but if you guys can do it, what do you think? Is there hope? Is there hope? Will you let me know? Okay, bye. Yeah. So that was, again, she claimed that she fired him, but then he was like, I have this video and the video is her face in her car. I just want to point out the truly bizarre, like, instinct to like send a video recording of yourself, like to somebody. Well, she's a filmmaker. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Yeah. Now, well, and also when months later she's going to claim she fired him, you know, if it was just audio, someone might be able to say, well, I don't know, like that, that could be someone else pretending to be her. But when you see her face, it really <laughs> sells the idea that it's definitely her asking yeah. him to come back. Now, I've, I've been working in the same job for 16 years now, so it's been a while since I've dealt with getting fired, but I'm pretty sure that's what it sounds like. <laughs> Is someone please begging back. you Just to come back, come back and throwing your other co-workers under the bus in order to get you to stay? I think that's well, how it goes. You know, yeah. Andy, you don't you don't live in Los Angeles, so you're not, I you know, I'm not adjacent. I'm not, I'm not keyed into the, the scene. You're not in the Hollywood in the know. Yeah, you have to really look for the subtle clues where it's yeah. like, we love it. We'll call you, you yeah. know. Yeah. It's like that kind of thing where they never say you're a piece you of know, shit and f- I hate you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah See, that's like- I'm glad there's no double talk in the field of education. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's going great from what I understand. <laughs> no notes. 
Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, let's okay, talk we... about this turd. Okay, yeah, let's actually talk about the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so the film is maligned. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, that's, I mean, again, because, yeah, so we're 12 minutes in. Uh, just a quick setup, I guess. We can do this pretty quickly, but it's uh, an idyllic mid-century modern aesthetic neighborhood in it's the middle Palm Springs. It's Palm yeah. Springs. It's the first uh, it's the it, second episode of WandaVision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like and there's uh all these people and they're working on something called the Victory Project and all the men go to work and all the women stay home and they're all homemakers and some of them have babies and, and they're the only ones who come. Yeah, yeah. and they're the only ones <laughs> which is actually not true because they stay at home so technically the men leave and then are the only ones to come home like you know because women don't go anywhere right well i mean that's the first tip off that this movie has an uneven point of view it's inconsistent <laughs> uh but yeah so basically there's a victory project what is the victory project is a big question uh and then florence Pugh's character who andy pointed this out right before we started and uh we had missed the the finer subtleties of this but her name is alice she begins uh, to go down the rabbit hole, if as through it were. Through the looking glass. <laughs> or through the looking glass and uh, tries to figure out. Oh, yeah. my God. Is that why there's so many goddamn mirrors? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just but, keeps getting uh, dumber. <laughs> but uh, she tries to figure out what's going on. And uh, eventually we're going to spoil this movie. So I hope that's cool with everybody. But eventually uh, she finds out that. It's actually present day and they're in a computer simulation and she's uh, she was a doctor. She was, a, I think, a surgeon, if I remember correctly. But she yeah. um, she had a job and uh, Harry Styles incel Harry Styles. Hold on. We're saving the silver linings. <laughs> right. But he becomes <laughs> but radicalized. The scene. But he becomes radicalized by uh, Chris Pine's podcast i guess or he's listening to it on a computer and uh signs them up without Thinly her knowledge metaphor for jordan peterson i don't even think it's, it's veiled yeah <laughs> i think his name was jordan peterson in the movie <laughs> but uh but yeah she's in a computer simulation which i heard elon musk lost his mind when he saw this so which one there's like eight of them on twitter <laughs> The one with the blue check mark. Oh, okay. So seven <laughs> the of bad those. one. Uh, um, yeah, that's, I think, a reasonable synopsis of the plot. And uh, besides, I mean, this, like, idea of determinism and living in a simulation is not untread ground by Hollywood in the 2020s, even. Uh, so it's already, you know, not exactly breaking new ground. And then there's all the... Th more thinly veiled than the Jordan Peterson stuff, the Alice in Wonderland allegory. Yeah, this movie's all over the place. And there's a lot of Olivia Wilde watched Suspiria and thought that she should do shots from it. Yes. Yeah. You know? There's also that motif. Motif? Yeah. Let's call it a motif of I like the movie Suspiria. What if we did more of that? Yeah. Well, there's like it's all one big epistemological question that's just the question and then you going see i asked an epistemological question what if you don't know if your reality is true okay so what then yeah what then 
No, that's just <laughs> that's right. just the the premise. Yeah. Right. No, that's not a movie. <laughs> you have to you have to see that through. And it never gets seen through. Any anything that's going so you set up that like the reality they're in might not be true, but then anything that ex- like expands out from there doesn't make sense in that world. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is it so it gives us an answer to the like central mystery. However, none of it. There's so many basic things about the world that they live in, the real world, how any of this would work that are completely unresolved with the reveal. And sometimes that stuff doesn't matter. But I think there are basic questions like we don't know how long she's been in the simulation, but like it's presented that Florence Pugh's character is just in bed in her apartment and presumably like she had a job we don't know so if you just think about it from like just the real world for a second okay so he decides without her consent to trick her into being in the matrix sure okay but then she's in her own bed in her apartment in the matrix for how long does she have a feeding tube does she like you know, how does she eat? How does she go to the bathroom? Does he bathe her? Is she missing from work? Do her co-workers he know that? He does moisten her eyeballs uh, clockwork orange style. That Which is, is like the least pressing thing. But yeah, like... Yeah. Have you ever had really dry eyeballs? <laughs> I have not. <laughs> I don't but recommend. Like, but yeah, do her co-workers think she's missing? Did he come up with an excuse? Like... Does her family know what happens? Does she have friends? Like, he's still going out in the world. Are people asking him what happened to her? Like, there's a million questions just on that alone. Like, so so you kidnapped someone. How are you keeping up this ruse in the real world? Because you're spending half of your time in a fake world. So there's that. And but then the fake world. And, and to what end are you keeping this ruse going? It's never yeah, really yeah. adequately explored. That, yes, he gets to live a life where he has a doting wife that's there to cater to his every whim. But is, you know, but she's the only one that orgasms. So it's fair and balanced. Got to yeah. yeah. make that well known. Um, yeah, we did it. Yeah. That like. To ask another epistemological question. Why? Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then it's I mean, then there's all these other questions that come up, too. We don't know how. The so another thing just to to pick like a specific thing, but so at the end, she decides to escape and she's got to get to a fixed point, which is where the men go every day because we didn't set that up. But the men, they all they all, all the men work. are doing this. They all do the same thing that Harry Styles is doing, which is they've all tricked their wives into being in the simulation, but they have to leave every day to go to work to pay for the simulation. So they all know what's up. But uh there's a fixed like point that they go to that she's trying to get to to get out but then like people are chasing her and stuff and she's driving a car and there's all these but like is it the matrix could they make the car disappear could they make the engine die could they go faster than her could they like what we don't know any idea how the physics of this fake world work they seem to have to obey the same rules that anyone else would have to obey in the real world they're definitely not in the matrix uh, that they're very much just in a real world that's nice. Yeah. 
So, so yeah, she can just escape normally. There's no way to like shut down her escape or, you know, there's no safeguards in place in this. If you die in the simulation, you die in the real world because that rule has been established in every movie ever. So if you die in the fake thing, you die in the real thing, which also doesn't like it doesn't actually makes sense in this movie because the central like conceit of this movie is that the women are trapped in the victory project so wouldn't it make more sense and i know like joel you and i had discussed this that the men didn't die in the victory project that maybe you thought you killed them but then they can regenerate Thus, again, like perpetuating this idea that like you think you found a way out, but actually like you can't escape. Wouldn't that actually create a more interesting complication for the women of like, oh, look, I found my freedom. Oh, look, I can rebel. Oh, shit. No, you can't. Yeah. You're you're telling me cinematic Jordan Peterson doesn't have a contingency for when his partner inevitably stabs him. Like, come on. He's thought about it. Like he's and and his partner's Gemma Chan. Who's going to stab him? I mean, yeah, like (laughs) what is the ideological point of Gemma Chan stabbing him. Yes. Yeah. I do not understand. Again, like women. Yeah. The movie movie doesn't. Yeah. It's very much a good for her moment that does not understand what we're rooting for. Yeah. Why it's good for her. Yeah. yeah, Well, and it sort of is uh, made like so when she she, this happens at the end, she stabs him when uh, Florence Pugh is escaping and And the world starts crumbling and the world starts crumbling. But what she says to him is it's my turn now, which implies She's going to take over Jordan Peterson's empire and subjugate women. That's what she's doing. Like what? What? Yeah. Like this movie, like there is no real point of view in this movie. And it's very bizarre to actually watch it because, again, you have the like only women come in this world. Yay. And it's like this world where all the women are existing because the women in our reality are being kept like essentially like are being kept in a state of like coma essentially like they have no agency they can't escape but yay in this alternate reality that they in no way consented to right they, and then yeah. they can like they have orgasms i'm not like you know that that's coercion and sexual assault like at what point are you trying to make and that like uh olivia wilde's character bunny it knows that it's a simulation and is decides to live there because it's better than her reality which, which was an interesting idea yeah, right like but that, it still that doesn't cr- address anything no it doesn't no. Have, doesn't give the movie a point of view is the point I'm no making. well and like it it's one of those like there are seeds of a good idea here. Like you have Bonnie, which is like, that's an interesting idea of like, well, there are women who will choose to align with the patriarchy because it can serve, it serves a purpose that they find more important for themselves. Like they are more interested, like they're more interested in pursuing their own self-interest than the needs of other women. That is very much a like 
feminist tension and something that needs to be addressed. You could have explored that better, but you didn't. <laughs> like, or with Gemma Chan, I don't know what the hell you thought you were doing, but you could have done something interesting with that. <laughs> like, well, also, I mean, the movie wants to get out when Florence Pugh escapes, but there, I think there was an interesting way to go of kind of doing an ending where we see, first of all, see the other women get saved, you know, like kind of do maybe like news footage or something, but some kind of version of, you know, shocking news today is a ring of women who were thought missing have been found in their apartments. And like you show Chris Pine, Chris Pine getting handcuffed. And then that's the moment that you could have Jimmy Chan be like, I was also a victim, like, oh, my God, and like throw him under the bus then mm -hmm. in the real world. But like the way it's presented, in addition to just her taking over, controlling and subjugating women. But then it's also like, but so he dies in the real world. So, again, now you have an issue where this famous uh, person is dead in bed next to you. And you're going to have to explain that. Yeah. Yeah, it like it just it doesn't it just ends up. Like, you can break reality with intent, you know, but there isn't really an intention that runs through the movie. It's just kind of like, wait, but wouldn't it be so cool if, like, she stabbed him? Which, like, if your intention is wanting to see, you know, your thinly veiled Jordan Peterson get destroyed, I get it. But, like... Well, and I, I think that that's one of the biggest problems with the movie that we've sort of been talking about a bit, but maybe just to state more clearly, is that a lot of this movie is just aesthetics without any meaning behind them. So, again, OK, so Harry Styles goes down on Florence Pugh and, and Olivia Wilde seems to think that that's empowering. But like, again, not in the context of the movie and she doesn't seem to understand that. But or like, again, her name is Alice and her her friend is Bunny. So those are references to Alice in Wonderland, but the okay. So it's just a weird well, world Nick Kroll with is different clearly rules. The Jabberwocky. I mean, that goes without saying. <laughs> uh, not enough Nick Kroll, by the way. Well, That's that, my yeah. biggest note. Well, there's for this not movie. enough Nick Kroll, not enough Kate Berlant, not enough. Yeah. A lot of people that are really great. Let's cast hilarious people and give them nothing to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like. The mirrors. So again, we, we kind of talked about that. There's a lot of stuff with mirrors. There's a creepy shot where Florence Pugh is in a bathtub and her reflection is watching her when she goes under the water. But again, always love that, that shot. I always love when this reflection does something different than the actual person. Great it's, horror it's, movie trope. It's a yeah. great horror movie trope and it's super unnerving. What does it mean in this world, though? Yeah, not, what is happening? Not a goddamn thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, or when she goes out to the desert in the first place, she goes out because she sees a plane crash. Oh, God. And, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, OK, well, there's a whole there. All of this, all everything starts breaking in the reality for her. She starts questioning things because her friend Margaret basically, uh, I mean, for all intents and purposes, goes crazy. Um, and part of it is that Margaret goes or goes on sane. Out. Oh, 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 yeah. oh, you're thinking you're thinking those big dumb thoughts, aren't you, Andy? <laughs> <laughs> um, but like we had seen Margaret goes out to the desert with her child. Her child has an, a red airplane toy. 
Margaret had been clutching a red airplane toy. So like there's a red airplane motif. Um, And then a red airplane flies across the sky and crashes. So like, I feel like we're supposed to connect it with Margaret. But again, to what end? Because who like is so who would be flying it? Who would be crashing it? So then, like, nobody. So then my next, like, logical thought is to go, like, oh, well, was this Chris Pine's character trying to lure Florence Pugh out to the desert where she's not supposed to be? Like, you know, because, like, that's maybe that's why he's, you know, this would show up in a simulation, like, where people aren't flying planes. but. Nope. There's nothing. There's no answer to this. It's just a weird thing that happens for no reason. And then she goes wandering out in the desert. But also it's, ooh, weird, spooky. It's a red plane like the one that Margaret's son had. Okay. Okay, but that ultimately meant nothing. It's just a lot of shit like that. Well, I think that that was the tagline that they were going to pitch with this movie. Don't worry, darling. Okay, but it don't... it didn't mean anything. <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually a note to us, the viewer. Like, don't don't worry. It, don't it's, worry, it's, darling. Don't you think about it. Look, we did the mirror shot that you guys love. Like, no, it's it's cool. It's we fine. Should, we we no. showed that Harry Styles goes down on chicks. That's what the audience wants. Can we talk about his accent? We really because don't. <laughs> can we talk about his accent before we pivot? Like, I want to make. I don't know what else we need to talk about, but we need to talk about the fact that one. I think. Two thirds of the way through the movie, they decided to make him British, but I don't know what he's doing, but it seems like he's trying not to have a British accent until everyone gives up and goes, oh, well, you're British. Yeah. Yeah. Well, is the simulation correcting itself, you see? Because <laughs> he chose British in the simulation. <laughs> also, just. Like. He's. His character is nothing for like the first third of the movie he the just, part where he should be a part supportive where, partner that she loves the, in order to where, do the reveal the part where he's supposed to be the perfect husband in the idyllic town right he just he actually is just like a like a sim who exists in victory project who you haven't programmed <laughs> like that is basically what he is it's very bizarre and then like by the end of the movie even with incel harry who is great like you're still trying it seems like the movie is still trying to get you to go like no but like he's he was great and you loved him well that's because we all fell in love with him during the film well while watching the film (laughs) so again you don't really get a consistent point of view where it's like I don't really care how you felt about him. He, like, objectively abused Florence Pugh in this situation. Like, that kind of negates whatever you guys had. No, that is, that's one of the weirdest moments of the movie. Is So she gets to the top of the MacGuffin Mountain to, <laughs> to go back into the real world. And 
like she's being chased by these people in red uh, outfits that again i don't know if they're real people cool or, looking yeah i don't know if they're supposed to be like the agents in the matrix or the real people who I, signed oh, up to be no i can tell you she saw us <laughs> and really liked the red jumpsuits actually you know what it is i think i have a theory because so there are men who sign up who you know have a woman but the guys who can't get a woman who are just on the message board they sign up to be the trolls of the world who wear red suits and go around chasing the women. You, I think, put more thought into the world building than anyone involved in the making of this movie with that thought yeah. right there. So they're they're all paying just to chase women and harass them. But uh, but no, so she gets to the and they're top living of the their mountain. Best lives. Yes, <laughs> they're the happiest ones there. But uh, she, so she gets to the the portal to go back to the real world. But then she stops and she looks back and she has a fond reminiscence of her time with Harry Styles. And it's like, what? No. No. Why? It's not what you should be doing. Why is right this now. What, you're, what you're ending with? Yeah. It's a really weird choice to be like, maybe it was cool here, though. Well, which also is like, I don't know. Like, look, Shia LaBeouf has a lot of problems. And if people don't want to work with him, fucking a right. Like not going to, you know, I'm I'm not going to cape for him, you know. Although Olivia Wilde kind of did, so who knows? Inconsistent themes. But I kind of feel like if he was in the movie, maybe we would have had a clearer perspective on that character. I think like, he would have made stronger choices on how to play him, for sure. So yeah. he would have been a more defined character. Well, maybe he would we wouldn't just be reminiscing. Just do it! The whole time. Yeah, and well, that maybe made... we wouldn't have been reminiscing at the end of, like, About oh, what no, a sweetheart I don't know, maybe... <laughs> yeah, maybe we'd be like, no, get the fuck out of there! <laughs> but, like, that's not really what we get when it's Harry Styles. And I mean, yeah. It's a fucking problem, because... I don't know, like... Again, like you didn't you didn't make a a deep enough movie to really reflect be that reflective about the complicated nature of that relationship. Like you need to take kind of a hard line and just go like, no, it was bad. Leave. Yeah. And I think that that that's probably a big thing too, just to restate it to as well. The, I think a thing hurting this movie is. If you had never seen the matrix or westworld or <laughs> stepford wives uh, or, or stepford wives or truman show or a million other movies that have done this and done this better maybe it would feel profound but it's asking questions that are actually pretty well-worn questions in cinema at this point and not and even deigning to try to find answers to those questions no 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 not at all it's impressed with itself because it asked them it does. It does have an air that it thinks that it's a smart movie, and it. I mean, maybe it's time to pivot, but it, it is a beautiful looking movie. Oh, production design, a plus. Do we want to? Are, are we good? Is there anything that we're? I'm good. We're, okay, so yeah, so let's start with that. That it's the the cinematography, the production design, the all of that, like those departments, <laughs> uh, the costumes, like. They they found uh, Palm Springs or wherever they filmed it. They found amazing costumes. They they lit it beautifully. Everyone looks fantastic. Mm -hmm. The movie looks fantastic. Whoever was tasked with recreating Suspiria watched Suspiria and did it just like that movie. 
But... Well, and, and I mean, I, I still think I would consider Olivia Wilde to be a good director. I think she has an interesting eye for camera moves. Just visually. Visually. I was yeah, going to say, yeah. visually, I think she's a good director. I think, yeah, there are questions about uh, narratively, yeah, putting yeah. together a movie. Yeah. Full concessions in that regard. Um, yeah. So th- this is one silver lining for me. And it made me think in the first, I don't know, 20 minutes or so that this was going to be a movie I was going to really like. Um, I didn't know anything about this movie other than there was a bunch of off screen drama with the movie going on in the world. Right. Uh, I didn't know that this was like a simulation. This was like an indictment of incel culture, maybe kind of, but not really like, I didn't know any of that. So the movie opens and it's very clearly like that, like mid-century fifties, mad men, all of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then when Florence Pugh talks, it's with a very 21st century vocal fry in her speech patterns. And so I'm like, okay, Florence Pugh is way too good of an actress to just have made that choice. So I'm like, okay, this is, this is showing me that without, without telling me that something's off in this world. And I'm like, ooh, this is going to be clever the whole time. It wasn't, but that opening bit, I was like, ooh, maybe this movie's got some cleverness to it. And so I think it was a, a really good acting choice by Florence Pugh. And I think she did a great job acting in the whole well, movie. Yeah. I mean, Florence Pugh is undoubtedly a silver lining. Oh, yeah. Like, she's, she's good in everything, but all of her choices were great um and specifically her and chris pine are the two that stand out to me again best chris um and the dinner scene christopher walken has some words i just want to say (laughs) (laughs) see he's a christopher (laughs) um but the dinner scene between the two of them that scene is great is yeah is a truly fantastic scene um which is where uh, Chris Pine um, basically confronts her and lets her know that he knows that she's figured out the cracks in the system. He knows that she's been uh, skulking around and asking questions she shouldn't be asking um, and kind of goads her into an argument um, and essentially sort of... <sighs> Tells her, like, no, 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 I think this is good. Like, I I like it, you know, I like when a I challenge. Yeah, you're a challenge, which is the most infuriating thing a woman can hear from a fucking asshole like that. Because if you walk away, they think they won. And if you engage with them, they'll convince themselves they won. Like, that's just how it works. But see, I like how you cracked that code, Molly. You really challenged us here. So she (laughs) she talks to him. She engages with him and basically is calling calling him out with everything that's going on about the fact that there's a a basic storyline for all the women there that happens to be the same storyline. And um which also is just lazy. It is lazy. D- I come well, up with all more... of this bullshit is lazy. But they all drop their ticket at the train platform. Come up with some more things. We're all improvisers. We could have come up with 20 different ways you for the women to admit the men. You could have just had Kate Berlant do that. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When Kate Berlant and Nick Kroll had nothing else to do this whole movie, just ask them to come up with 50 different ways that a man could meet a woman. <laughs> I, I will say that that's approaching one of the things that like. Like, that is how lazy the Jordan Peterson would be if he made that world, though. Well, I mean, no, that's actually yeah. why I why I really liked it. I've just sort of like it's in the realm of like, well, as man is this one thing and woman is this one thing. And that's it now. It'll be like, and you meet on train. Like, yeah, that's that's it, because that is the incredibly narrow binary in which he views the world, except the one we, I think it's something about lobsters that he also brings in. I don't know. I have a like, very minimal understanding of this guy because in philosophy classes, you always get at least one person who's like, well, you know, Jordan Peterson believes yeah. this. And I'm like, oh, no, please, I'm <laughs> just stop. Honestly, this is kind of selling me, though, this topic. Maybe... Maybe that is why Chris Pine can just be stabbed and there aren't safeguards and why a woman can just go to the mountain. Is it he just he's didn't, just stupid? He's too dumb <laughs> to have put anything in. No, they won't stab me. Why would the women stab me? That's not a thing I need to worry about. You know, like, for a guy who thinks that everything he doesn't like is totalitarianism, you'd think that he would protect have, himself a little have, better. Have an iota of paranoia to go along with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah, I, I agree with just to echo it, too, of like both of them are just putting on an acting clinic. The scenes with the two of them are easily the best scenes in the movie. And yeah, I like the idea because it really heightens the stakes of like, I know that you're doing this. I like that you're doing this. You challenge me. It makes him way creepier and it just like heightens the drama. It can't quite live up to that. But I, I honestly wish the movie had leaned into it more. I wish there was way more of Chris Pine mm -hmm. throughout the movie, even just scenes like the one he walks in on the two of them having sex at one point, just have him be places more silently watching her. Like that's creepy as hell. Yeah. Like just have him way more present in the movie, I think would have been a great choice. Well, and also the, uh, the scene that is like the big banquet where he like awards, uh, you know, whatever to Harry Styles, um, and Harry does Styles just his weird, like always twirling, twirling, twirling look, dance. Look, we'll we'll get to Harry Styles because there's another. But like, I'm gonna say, is everything? I I stand by everything about his accent. I stand by everything about his acting in general. But that dance is a silver lining for me. <laughs> oh yeah, big time. <laughs> but again, like with like Chris Pine's character, just really like terrifyingly, like getting the uh men to shout like whose world is this our world like because that sh like that is the stuff that it's grounded and it's scary like and you really feel that that kind of emotional reality of like oh this is why you did this because you want this sense of power that you do not have or rather you think you don't have you actually do have it but you want it to be very very loud <laughs> and like, so that stuff is really good. Yeah. Are we talking about incel Harry? Okay, yeah. So, <laughs> look, Best that Harry. reveal, that reveal of incel Harry with, like, I, I don't even know how to, does someone want to take a crack at describing him? I don't even think I can properly describe his appearance in the real world. Um, 
he looks like he made the callback for the Jeffrey Dahmer series. Oh my god. Yeah, he does he kind of looks like he might have uh he was the stand-in for Lennon. uh Evan Peters in the Jeffrey Dahmer movie that he was the stand-in for when they needed to shoot like coverage and stuff like that. Yeah. Either yeah. that or like that he killed John Lennon, I think are the, <laughs> the possibilities. Yeah. Yeah. Um I'm I would be so fascinated just because i i remember what it was like to be a teenager who was in love with like you know whoever my celebrity crush was where it's like i didn't care what they did they were just hot to me i would be so fascinated to like talk to like the harry styles fans and who just were just like no he looks so cute like i love his stringy hair oh my god so the greasy hot. hair and the and the the glasses that don't quite fit and the t-shirt that was too big oh oh harry i'd tell you what to eat for dinner when i came home from work. i would never i would never let you go hungry <laughs> you can moisten my eyeballs harry ew <laughs> ew <laughs> and look i get it i like again a hormonal teenager totally at the same like attitude it's just you can't help it when you're that big a fan of somebody just i do by the way because we've also we've been tough on her and i think fairly but i think it's worth mentioning that i think olivia wilde is a good actor in this movie. I agree. I think it's also worth pointing out. She's yeah. really, really good. She has the funny. third most to do and does it. Yeah. Actually, no, and she again, has the I fourth would... most to do. She does it. Harry Styles has the third most to do and 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 does not. Uh, yeah. The dance he does it. Uh, incel Harry Styles does it, but then there's some other yeah. parts where he, he falls a little short. Well, weirdly, the charming Harry Styles is where he fails. Yeah, the the one that you're supposed to yeah. like, the one whiny, that... petulant. I'm gonna have my wife taken away. Harry Styles does it. Yeah, yeah, but handsome, but yeah. charming Harry Styles, which is sort of his deal. Yeah, you would yeah. think of all the the versions that would have been the one that would have been in his wheelhouse. That was the hardest for him. To pull off which begs the question what was olivia wilde attracted to <laughs> incel harry stuff that's actually when she fell in love with him was when they filmed those incel scenes i mean but that tracks to... for the thesis of this movie i think yeah not... she i heard that she would come home from directing and jason sudeikis had already eaten dinner and <laughs> he had a very satisfying day doing his own work and she was like i need a guy who needs me more look i don't want to yuck her yum i'm just saying <laughs> Given what is presented in this movie, <laughs> have to wonder. Yeah. <sighs> Are we? Have this, we all got silent at the same time. I uh, just this. Yeah. This is a weird, confounding movie. But I, I mean, are, are there other silver linings? I, mean, I feel like we we did it. There's definitely silver linings. But like, is well, there anything else? Yeah, I think I think the last word on this movie is that. This movie thinks it's so smart and is so proud of itself. And that is so unfounded. And it doesn't raise any of the questions that it thinks it raises while raising a bunch of other questions. Like, why? Yeah. You know what? You know what is a silver lining? Then maybe this is a good place to end. Because of this movie and because of the real world fallout of this movie, we got Ted Lasso. Yeah. 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 
Silver Linings Playback is a production of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on Apple Podcasts. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. How many times has this happened to you? I just want to listen to a podcast. I can't choose from all these complicated structures and setups. You want to listen, not think. That's why there's Hobo Radio. You'll feel like the smartest guy in the room in a room by yourself. This doesn't take any intellectual thinking at all. Thanks, Hobo Radio. Hobo Radio, a weekly podcast on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network.